CZ Movies. My name's Colin. Uh, I'm the C. I'm a, a very picture of health. And with me is, <laughs> is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. I'm also in the very picture of health, Colin. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I sound perfectly fine. You, you're sounding okay. Uh, hey! Hey! Um, I think uh, either either Zijan has has caught COVID, in which case by the time this goes out, it could be a memorial podcast, um, or or it's just a bit of hoarseness going on over there. Um, we'll find out as the podcast continues. <laughs> if you don't hear from me partway through the podcast, you know what happened. Rest assured, listeners, we're recording from uh, different parts of the country, so there's no risk of contagion here. Uh, I'm going to be perfectly fine. So you're going to at least half your podcast hosts. Uh, by the end of the podcast we're going to talk Nomadland today a recent mm-hmm. winner of all sorts of Oscars uh, we're talking about the films of Carrie Mulligan uh, we've got a quiz on Marvel films that aren't in the MCU or Fox or Sony or other stuff <laughs> pretty much everything else yeah yeah uh, and much much more much more uh, we start as we always do with well we usually start with a little bit of um, just a little bit of chat don't we but we've we've done that We've done the well, chat. It's about your impending oh, I death. I tried chatting, but my voice does not allow me okay. to do much. Fine. Um, cool. So in which case, we move straight to the, the news. And the news is is not about the new mayors that both you and I have, Dijan. Or the same mayors just carried over from the same mayor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same in Bristol. Um, so, well, no it, news then. No news there. It's all about movie news. What have you got, Zijan? What have you got? Well, you mentioned Oscars, right? So we 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 have to mention Oscars and the winners for the Oscars as well. Smart. Smart. Um, yeah, as you may mentioned, Nomadland, who which we are covering today, won uh, the big prizes as we predicted. So they won Best Picture, um, Best Director for Chloe Zhao, and Best Actress for Frances McDormand. Mm. Um, so pretty good sweep for them uh, which is kind of expected I mean they won all three of them in the BAFTAs as well so and I think in the Golden Globes as well so not unsurprising no not not a big surprise when, do you, when you say not unsurprising you mean unsurprising I oh yeah. Um, yeah that's correct negatives are confusing I've got a cold yeah that was just um uh, that's very forgivable. Uh, yeah, I think the, the the biggest surprise seems to be uh, Anthony Hopkins winning, although uh, I say he won uh, Best Actor for The Father. Although, to be honest, I, I, it wasn't really a big surprise, except they, they moved the ceremony order around so that they could finish on Best Actor. Presumably for the first thinking, time, I think, yeah. in a long, long time. I'm not too sure when the last time we did not end with a Best Picture uh, award. Yeah, and, and fairly clearly because they thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win so they could end on a kind of on a tribute to him and then he didn't and Anthony Hopkins wasn't there and they hadn't let him um, send in a video from Wales so uh, so it's quite anticlimactic and yeah. to the Oscars then is it how long have they been they, I'm sure it used to be that the, the last year's best actor gave out the award to this year's best actress and vice yep, versa yeah they usually does that yeah and is, is, is that a permanent switch now is best actor giving it to best actor I don't know uh, no I don't think so I think um I think last year they, they did the normal thing, right? Best actress to best actor and Risa okay. Risa. But no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't watch this. I didn't follow these Oscars, but I did um, follow up with the whole controversy thing. Um, which goes to show that producers have not, uh, doesn't have much say when it comes to who wins the Oscars. So, well, that's, that's reassuring, I suppose. Um, I, I did watch The In Memoriam, which shot by a lightning pace, which a lot of people complained about. But yeah, Frances McDormand's third uh, Oscar. And I Catching up. She's the first person ever to win uh, Best Producer and uh, Acting Award for the same film. Mm -hmm. So well well done, her. Um, Anything else on the Oscars? Um, Yeah, well, Daniel Kaluuya won Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Yoon Yoo Jung won for Best Supporting Actress. Um, Both of them won in the BAFTAs as well. Um, Yep. Yep. So, um, again, Oscars... um, I'm going to watch my negatives correctly. Okay. <laughs> not too surprising. Um, it wasn't not unsurprising. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it worked. Um, and in fact, uh, the, the film we talked about last time, uh, Promising Young Promising Woman. Promising Young Woman won uh, Best Original Screenplay. Yep. Uh, yep. Good for them. Uh, Mank won Best Cinematography, which, uh, well, given that they were the favourites way back then, last end of last year. I guess this is just a nod towards them. I mean, yeah. So, you, you, listeners may recall we did an episode on our predictions for the coming year, and one of my predictions was that Mank could win lots of Oscars. 
Um, it hasn't really come out. It was one too, I think. It won um, cinematography and, and production design. Uh, can I claim that's lots? Zijan, will you let me claim that's lots? Eh, no. Uh, it's not, is it? Um, I'm pretty sure when we had that uh, prediction up, it was definitely not best in photography and, and production um, design. No, production I, design. Uh, uh, it, it, it did lead the way in nominations. It had ten nominations. Next highest was six, uh, but yeah, didn't um, didn't really come through on that. No. Uh, and uh, Soul won best animated feature um, to the surprise of no one, and yeah. best original score, which uh, which I do agree with, is brilliant. They have a very good score. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and then lots of other categories. That, oh, yeah, obviously uh, Sound of Metal won some sound stuff. Because <laughs> um, I think we all knew it was going to do that. Uh, cool. One of the one of the films, Dijan, that uh, won was Another Round, won the best international feature film. Yeah. Uh, it's a Danish film. And this, listen to this segue into the news. We're going to get an English-language remake um, from Leonardo DiCaprio's production company. There's no word on whether he'll be in it or not. Uh, at this very early stage, but this is a film about some friends who decide that, or who read somewhere that um, having uh, alcohol in your blood or a high level of um, of that uh, is good for you in some ways. I think mental agility or something. So they decide to be basically kind of slightly drunk forever. What else have you got? Um, I mean, uh, the next big news that I have is the Marvel hype, right? So mm. a teaser came out online, which uh, culminates in a raft of uh, small announcements of new movie titles for Phase 4 of the MCU. Yeah. Um, and it was a very good teaser, to be honest. <laughs> it was uh, it built up a lot of hype, which I'm pretty sure that it was what it was for to begin with. But it did its job, and it's awesome. So there are a lot of films that are coming out. Four films this year. Um, as we know, Black Widow. Yep. Uh, Shang-Chi, uh, The Eternals uh, by Chloe Zhao, now Oscar winner Chloe Zhao. Yes. Um, and Spider-Man No Way Home in December. Um, next year, we'll have Doctor Strange and Thor. And we've got uh, the new names for the Black Panther and Captain Marvel sequels. And for Black Panther, it'll be called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mm. And for Captain Marvel, it'll be just The Marvels. Which I assume is because they're you know bringing Miss Marvel in um, as well as um, Photon played by Monica Rambeau, uh, not played by Monica Rambeau, but sure. Monica Rambeau from uh, Wonder Vision is there. Yeah, and and looking at the logo for Black Panther uh, two, yeah, Wakanda Forever is very much the um, is much bigger. I think Wakanda Forever is the name it will be known by, and presumably, I say with with the side passing of. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, they've had to rescript and go back to the drawing board for oh. that, and I guess make it more of a maybe more of an ensemble um, thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it has to be right. Like I think I don't. I'm not too sure what they're going to do. With this I'm pretty sure they'll pay good homage to Chadwick Boseman. Um, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure they will. Whether it's obviously very difficult for them to know what to do with it, but I'm sure they'll uh, exactly. Yeah, they'll do it well. Yeah, this was this was a weird thing. So ostensibly, this was a, a video saying. Go back to the cinemas, everyone. We're, yeah. we're, look, we're looking forward to welcoming you. And they just shoved in the first footage we've seen of Eternals, the, the, the names, as you say, of, of um, two films that we've not had the names for previously, and, and, and lots more announcements, which um, I may have cut you off, in fact, uh, in the middle. But it is, it's, it's quite a quite a, uh, a power move, I thought. Like, we're not going to do a big announcement. We're just going to chuck out this video and put it put it halfway through. It definitely worked though. <laughs> I was watching it, I was like, yes, I'm definitely going to watch all these films. I can't wait. I really cannot wait. Um, and obviously, at the end, by the end, they showed the Fantastic Four is coming. Yeah, which and... is it's amazing. People are so excited by this. I'm, I'm quite excited. How, how many failed Fantastic Four films are going to get <laughs> before people? But that's what hype is, right, Colin? That's what hype is. Yeah. I mean, like, I, people have already made so many speculations on who the cast are going to be yeah. for the Fantastic Four. I mean, if it's not John Krasinski, the, the internet is going to go nuts. I know, right? They can only just be disappointed with this. Like, I, I, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt have already cemented their roles in this, regardless of what actually happens yeah. behind the scenes. So, um, yeah, well. Good, good for them, I guess. I mean, it's good that they have the the people behind <laughs> supporting them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, imagine someone else gets cast. There's going to be so much hate. Yeah, no matter what, right? Yeah. yeah, like when Mark Ruffalo was cast as the Incredible Hulk as well. Um, there was some backlash initially. I'm, I'm, I remember quite clearly when he went up to Comic Con. He actually got booze at the beginning. Did he? 
Yeah, he did. Okay. Well, he took over at Norton's role, right? So he actually got booed uh, in the first Comic Con when he went on stage. So, yeah. Mm, wow. It's uh, a tough crowd. Yeah, yeah. I remember, well, I don't remember, but apparently a lot of people were very angry about Heath Ledger when he got cast. So, uh, yeah, as, uh, as a Joker. Uh, speaking of Joker, um, we're going to get a Joker sequel, apparently. What? I don't. I don't think this is quite as official as it might be. But the, um, there's been a lot of DC stuff going around, uh, and it's been yes, uh, suggested that a Joker sequel is is in the works. Uh, you with Joaquin Phoenix again. With Joaquin, Fe- yeah. So that in that in that t- universe, that timeline. Um, it's it's not necessary though, is it? Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure whether I want to watch the second Joker film as well. I I mean the first one was okay. Him, you know rebelling against the masses you know you can understand where he's coming from but he's not really an anti-hero in any way you know he's just a villain and it, it, it's not yeah I, I don't think i like to watch it well i say that right we watch no country for old men yeah 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 i mean, I, I love joke i thought it's brilliant um I, I think my first reaction is probably the same yours say we don't need this the story's being told but then i was kind of thinking about it i think well we we both agree at the time that the Joker that we get at the end of that movie doesn't really feel like the Joker. The Joker in films. Yeah. He doesn't feel like someone who's going to have master plans and is going no, to. Yeah, he just feels like a, a guy who's doing whatever. So uh, maybe a film that shows his transition from nutcase to kind of devious mastermind. I think it could be a, it could be an interesting way to go with it. Um, mm. I, I I'm a little surprised they're doing it. I mean, this again. This isn't official, but uh, because it was very well received, but it, it didn't feel like a franchise movie. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, at all. Not. So, uh, and it never yeah. occurred to me that Joaquin Phoenix would reprise his role. As no, Joker. he's it's not. He why would he? He's not really a sequels guy, is he? I'm trying to think of no. any any sequels he's done. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, but I suppose um, maybe uh, if they found a story or enough money for him, then. Uh, why not? Hmm. Um, what else is there? Well, since we are finishing up with some comic book news, uh, some unimpressive comic book news coming up as well. Um, oh, yeah. Black Adam has added um, Uli Latukefu <laughs> as part of the cast. I don't know who that is. Yeah, he apparently stars in a TV series called Young Rock, where he plays a young rock. Oh, I did see that. So, yeah, pres- presumably we're getting some Black Adam flashbacks and he is playing him in that. Yep, <laughs> because Dwayne Johnson is playing Black Adam. Well, what, what, what you know, what, what an acting career, right? You look exactly like The Rock. You're going to play the <laughs> young it's version not, of him in all his films. Thing, is it? not no, a bad exactly, thing. yeah. Why don't you come on Jumanji? Yep, you can play a young version of him yeah. as well. Why I had not? no idea there was a TV series called Young Rock until uh, until this week. That's, uh, well, there's, there's, there's a TV series for young Sheldon, right? So And there was that Chris Rock one. Everyone hates Chris. Yep. A young Chris Rock. Yeah. Well, like, good good for him. Good good work, mate. Um, nice good work. thing to be looking quite like a young Dwayne Johnson. I wonder which actors I look like, look like a young version of <laughs> that I could uh, get work with. Hmm, something to look into. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, Henry Golding has joined the cast of Persuasion. Um, so you might recall that we talked about Persuasion, um, which is going to get an adaptation on Netflix, um, Dakota oh, Johnson, Dakota I think. Johnson. Yep. Uh-huh. And we said, is it going to be a, kind of a, a standard adaptation? Are they going to do something a bit weird with it? Well, we now know they've got Henry Golding in it. Um, doesn't tell us much more. He plays Mr. Elliot. I'm not, I don't know who ah. Mr. Elliot is. Mr. Elliot? You say ah like you know who he is. I thought Mr. Elliot was the old guy. Well, I was going to say, that sounds like Anna Elliot's father to me. I have read this book and seen the film, so you'd think I would know more about it. I, can't, um, can't Henry Golding play Dakota Johnson's father? It seems unlikely, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess... Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, isn't there like a nephew? Oh, uh, yeah, or okay. cousin? William Elliot, a distant relation. A cold, calculating optimist. There you go. Okay. I'll be honest, Persuasion, as I think I said last time, was not one of my favourites. Um... But no, I was thinking of Sir Walter Elliot, who was um, who was her father, um, which would be an unusual. They would definitely be going weird direction with it if Henry Golding was playing <laughs> Johnson's dad. Maybe time travel in Jane Austen that could work. <laughs> I mean, you do improv, Colin, right? So yes, I do. I do improv, um, but uh, 
but uh, we, we've got so much to talk about season i won't do my 10 minute improv of jane austen time traveling which would otherwise would have been uh would have been a treat for everyone <laughs> so you say so you say <laughs> no i would know yeah no <laughs> well we could just and there i the zijan may have cut that out but i just did some of the world's greatest uh improv about uh jane austen and time travel um, there we go. People will buy that. Um, what else you got? Um, I have Caitlin Devitt is joining George Clooney and Julia Roberts in Ticket to Paradise. Oh yes. So Caitlin Devitt uh, was is more well known in films such as Booksmart, um, which is the Olivia Wilde film uh, that came out. Well, I say la- I was going to say last year, but I'm pretty sure it's two years ago. It's now. at least two years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and this is the one where George Clooney and Julia Roberts travels to Bali to stop their daughter, which I'm pretty sure is played by her from making the same mistake they did 25 years ago. So the mistake that was made was that she was, look- she was looking to marry a waiter while on vacation. Okay. Yeah. Classic mistake. And we've all done I know, right? We've, we've all gone on holiday, married a waiter. Comedy and Oh, suits. waitress. Uh, cool. Um, have you ever seen The Railway Children, Zija? No. Uh, I, I have that book. You have the book? Nice. Yep. I never got around reading it though. Fair enough. Um, did you ever see the uh, the old film? I imagine you probably wouldn't. How old is it? Oh, 70s maybe? Oh, definitely not then. Um, well, it's getting a sequel. It's a much beloved film. We, um, I guess maybe it was late in this, maybe it was the 80s. Um, we, we grew up on it. It was um, 2016. That's a different film. Oh, come on. I'm trying to Wikipedia stuff at the same time. Um, 1970 there you go uh it's much loved um by generations um starring jenny agatha uh, among others uh she is returning for the year for the sequel uh, as a much okay. older obviously that was the same character um she also i think was in a tv adaptation playing the mother um a few years ago so she's, she's kind of intertwined with the real world children over time but it's uh yeah i think this is great it's a lovely film be interesting to see what they do i don't know if there is a book sequel i'm not aware of one so no, I, I guess it's probably new material yeah it's one of those books that i have on my list of to read but i never got around to it so there you go fair enough uh you'll enjoy it she also appears briefly in the avengers uh for what it's worth is it a children's book yes yeah it's nice um i have one more piece of news so uh kumail nanjani oh yes uh who is uh, coming up in the eternals and his wife, Emily V. Gordon, um, together they made the successful The Big Sick mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago based on their love story, uh, teaming up against, uh, again with Andy Muschietti. So Andy Muschietti directed It. Um, yes. So they're teaming up together for this film called The Doubtful Guest. The Doubtful Guest? Yes, which is based on a surreal illustrated book about a weird penguin-like creature appearing in a posh mansion house at the turn of the century. All right. Yep. There you go. Why not, so, me? Why not? Oh, I know. Well, the big sick was very, very popular. The, the, the turn of which century? The twentieth. The start of or the end of? Uh, you're asking way too many questions <laughs> for a book about penguin-like creature. Colin. I want to know. I want to know. Start off. It feels like it's a. It feels like it's a kind of 1900 type story. Yeah. Cool. Queen Victoria and all that. Uh, good for them. I, I have they done it. I feel like they've probably written something else since uh, Big Sick. I'm pretty sure well. they've written something else as well, but I can't remember what it is. But no. have you seen the Big Sick yet? Yeah, yeah, I saw it, saw it that time. It's very good. It's pretty good, yeah. yeah so, one of my favourite films of that year. Mm. Whatever year it was. 2016, maybe? Ah, uh, it's been such a long time. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at what uh, Emily Gordon has written. Oh, I can't believe Oh, hardly anything. <laughs> so, no, I think not. 2018. Anyway, um... What have we got here? Um, David Cronenberg, uh, who does kind of body horror a lot of the time, he's doing a film called Crimes of the Future about the accelerated evolution of humans, which is starring Kristen Stewart, Viggo Mortensen, and Leia Sedu, uh, which I put in because that sounds quite interesting. Uh, I don't think I've... I said it sounds interesting. I'm not sure I've ever actually seen a David Cronenberg film. Yeah. Um, the Fly, what? I think, is probably one of his best known. But, um, mm. uh, anyway, might be interesting. Um, and... Yeah, so some more, more more DC news. So um, this again, I think, comes from the same source and is all maybe slightly uh, rumoury rather than set in stone. <sighs> but um, we know there's a new Superman coming. There's been rumours that Michael B. Jordan might be involved or yep. things like that. Um, apparently, they've now said, I think, that 
there's going to be the Snyderverse, which is kind of um, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Flash. Yep. There's the Batman, Robert Pattinson. Yep. Uh, and there's Joker. These are all in separate universes. And then there's this Superman thing, which is also in a separate universe, but everything from now on is going to be in that separate universe. Ah, it's getting so complicated. That's the issue, isn't it? That's a because Wonder Woman was successful, even though Wonder Woman ninety eight four wasn't a great film. Yeah. Um. And Aquaman is successful, and obviously the Flash film is coming out, but unfortunately they don't want to. I don't know why they don't want Henry Cavill back again because he was great as Superman. But yeah, um, it feels like he's gonna be around, just not in a. Maybe not in in his own movies. There was a suggestion he might be cameoing in others. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's very odd choices. DC always makes very odd choices when it comes to this. I'm, I'm not sure where, where, where they think it's going to head. Maybe Flashpoint will bring everything together again, but honestly... I, yeah, well, let's see. I think Flashpoint is going to do a lot of the heavy lifting here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so the, this this new Superman film, uh, again, I'm not sure how official this is, but assessing it might be a tw- um, 20th century, kind of a, so a more of a period piece, suggesting maybe even a, a 30s, um, because that's when Superman was originally... Published um, and based more on the original Kal-El rather than what we've seen since. Although, again, it seems to be strongly implied that um, he's going to be black, which the original Kal-El was not, so they'll be um, moving in a different direction in at least some ways. But uh, who knows, because DC have promised so many things. I know, and I know. And done something else. So <laughs> take that with a pinch of salt. We'll find out in Flashpoint, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. Right, that's all the news. Um, so we move on to, to see or not to Z, where we talk about the films we've recently seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not. Z them, Zijan. What have you been watching? Uh, so, I've watched Mortal Kombat. No. I have. What do you want to do that for? Why would I not want to watch a film based off a popular video game? Have you ever played it? Uh, no. Fair enough. <laughs> have you seen the original Mortal Kombat? I have seen the original Mortal Kombat in 1995. Yeah. It was pretty bad then, um, and it's so bad that it became a cult favorite. So surely the only way is up, right? Um, well, you tell me. I've not seen. I've not seen either of them. So um, for those who do not know, and which rock are you living under? Um, Mortal Kombat is a very very popular, uh, extremely violent game. Um, I know so little about this. Um, <laughs> to, to, to me. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken—they're all basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah, basically side by side, side by side fighters, basically yeah. fighting games. Um, they are very popular still. Um, there are, are they? tournaments for them. Yeah, Colin, oh. just because you, you know, just, your... just because I was, is just because I was. <laughs> Go on. I, I can't, I can't say much about Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the whole gaming world is really, uh, really beyond me, if I'm honest. But um, okay, so 1995 film, cult classic, not good. 2021 film though. 2021 film, I know. So directed by Simon McQuoid. I could not pronounce his last name correctly. This is his directorial debut. Okay. It stars uh, Louis Tan, uh, Jessica McNamee, Josh Lawson, Ludi Lin. So not big names at all. Ooh, Josh Lawson. The, yeah, Josh Lawson, the Australian. He was in uh, Superstore, wasn't he? I'm not sure. I've not seen Superstar. Uh, it's good. Um, my brother of Ben Lawson in Neighbours, my brother um, would be telling me if I've got the right guy. <laughs> uh, I have him. got the right guy. There you go. He's definitely Australian. Yes. So he definitely appeared it in is, It is him. He's, uh, he was very funny in Superstore. Yep. So um, it's definitely better than a 1995 film. Okay. For sure. It plays a lot of homage to the game. So fans of the game would love all the quips and easter eggs that are thrown in there just for them. Come over here. That's that's from the game, right? That's from the game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, see, I know some stuff. <laughs> I know. But the unfortunate problem of trying to shoehorn in all these quips and easter eggs caused the dialogue to get very stunted at times. Okay. And it makes no sense a lot of times because they try to, um, yeah, they try to put in all these, you know, quips that right. these characters say in those games itself. So the dialogue was a little bit poor, but you can't expect too much from a video game film anyway, right? You so certainly can't. That's the thing. So for those who do not know, again, just to reiterate, um, Mortal Kombat obviously is based on the game. So the plot behind it is just very loose, right? There's not much, <laughs> there's not much canon. There's not much law. Uh, well, there is some law, but it's just very loose. So basically what happens is that there's this other realm that will have a tournament called Mortal Kombat with the Earth Realm where 
people, heroes from Earth will battle them, their fighters from the other realm. And okay. if the other realm wins, they can conquer Earth. Put it that way. Um, fine. Are you going to ask lots of questions? Oh, there? I have one. I just have one question, Zizan. Just one question uh, about the law of Mortal Kombat. Yep. Uh, why is it spelt with a K? Because it's cool that way, Colin. That is pretty cool, actually. Okay, carry on. <laughs> so, so one issue with trying to like you know make, um, so I think this this film is trying to do two things at once. One is trying to appease all the fans. Okay. Um, and the second thing is is trying to appease to all the new. Uh, movie goes who have not heard of Mortal Kombat before and they did this by introducing a brand new character Ooh. played by Louis Tan um, so this guy Cole Young who has not appeared in any of the games so he can be the guy that all exposition is thrown towards uh, okay. right. yeah you know he appears there he's like oh we've uh, um, oh what's this what's going on and everyone explains everything to does him he, so, does he ask why it's spelled with a K no, unfortunately oh. not. <laughs> I know you should be writing the script. That should be his first question. Exactly right. I, I yeah, he definitely didn't ask that. Mm. But that's the issue, though, because it's trying to do two things at once. It doesn't really accomplish either. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, it doesn't accomplish either. So the deaths are quite gruesome. This is definitely not an R-rated film. Is it R? The R's the, the bad one. That's a bad one. Okay, is this this not the not R-rated film? <laughs> yeah, it's it's very R. It's very very R. Okay. It's very gruesome R. because it's an uh, eighteen as we call it over here. Oh, there's probably a fifteen. I'd have thought. Uh, it must be a fifteen. In the video game, there are very violent deaths in this, and they def- definitely replicate all the violent deaths. Do they rip out someone's spine? Uh, lots of them. Yeah, I see. I, I once I've never seen this game or, or played this game or seen this movie. I have recently seen a couple of YouTube videos about it, so I, yeah. I got some of the stuff going on. Okay, so, yeah, d- but that's it. Um, so should we be rushing out to the uh, newly opened cinemas to see this? I think if you're a fan of the game, you'll probably still enjoy it. Okay. If you're not, you probably couldn't care less. Uh, so it's a very middling film. I can't believe I spoke so long for a middling film. I guess so. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the longest I've spoken in depth to set of thoughts about Mortal Kombat. Maybe, I know, right? Uh, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Way too long. And you're, and you're sitting on the fence a little bit with your... So if you like the, you like the game, watch the film is what you're saying. Yeah, I think if you like the games, you watch the film. Okay. Um, I have been watching The Mitchells versus The Machines, um, which is an animated film from Sony Animation on Netflix. It's uh, produced by um, uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, or Phil mm. Lord and Chris Miller, as they usually okay? Um And he yeah, has the same production house behind uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and borrows a lot of the, uh, the same techniques. It's about a family uh, called the Mitchells, obviously, uh, who are basically fighting off a robot uh, uprising in a post-apocalyptic scenario. Uh, it's also um, they're taking their daughter to college. There's a whole kind of family subplot, or maybe even the main plot, uh, going on. Uh, it is a delight. It's a delight. I think uh, this is well worth some of your time. It's it's not as groundbreaking as Spider Verse, mm-hmm. um, but it does it uses the same techniques very well, and um, it's got good voice cast. It's very funny. You're watching animated oh, films now, Colin. What's going on? Watching animated films. Of course I am. Of course I am. It's the, uh, it's the it's the it's the era of Sony Animation's glory days. What we are living in a golden age of animations, Ejen. You heard it here first. What is you this? You heard it here first. Uh, oh my! <laughs> I've always been a huge animation fan. You know that. Really? Yeah. We're <laughs> gonna have another. We're gonna have another podcast about Sony Animation. You can do all the talking then. Uh, well, wait till you find out what our quiz topic is for next time. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this is it's, it's a lot of fun. I think Phil Lord and Chris Miller are always uh, good value. They obviously did uh, Clown do the chance of meatballs before this, oh. uh, and they've done lots of other things. Um, including the Jump Street films, uh, but yeah, this is this is well worth your time. I think it's what I've only seen it once, obviously, but uh, I think this is the kind of film that probably would reward multiple viewings because there'll be bits and pieces going on in the background um, over time. So Zijan, you'd love this film. Check it yeah. out. Um, it's better than Mortal Kombat. I'm going to go on a limb and say. Oh it. yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah, I can't wait now. Uh, and it's on Netflix, so. It's free as long as you've already paid for it, and it's actually legal for me. Oh, and it's also yeah. it's, it'd be nice for you to watch a film legally um, for once, yeah, for once in a while. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be lovely. Um, <laughs> we move on, uh, and we're going to move to Actor Factor in an exciting change of order. Um, oh yeah, because we I'm missed glad off. to talk about my one single film that I saw. 
so those of you who don't know, we do a, a segment called Actor Factor where we talk about the films of a particular actor. Uh, Zijan nominated Kerry Mulligan as someone that we watched the films of uh, or talk about the films of. Um, we discovered last time when we ran out of time that Zijan had only seen two Kerry Mulligan films, one of which uh, was Promising Young Woman, which was the subject of last time's podcast. However, we've had two weeks since then. Zijan, <laughs> being the professional podcast he is, will no doubt have used that time to, to look up Kerry Mulligan's back catalogue and make sure he was up to date. Zijan. I don't watch the way I film since two weeks, Colin. <laughs> Honestly, I had to watch Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you didn't have to watch Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I had to. I had to do something about to see or not to Z. Uh, uh, so last time I had a couple of guesses at which other Carrie Mulligan yep. film you, you've seen, and I got I got them wrong. Yes. Um, I think I guessed... What was I guessed last time? I can't remember what I guessed, which is not going to help me this time. Um, see, I feel like you've seen The Great Gatsby. That feels like a film you would have seen. No, I've not seen The Great Gatsby. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. Um, the only film that I've seen of Kerry Mulligan, do you want me to tell you? Go for it. It's Never Let Me Go. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, Based on the book by Kazuo Ishiguro. Because I read the book, that's why I watched the uh, film. Yeah. Right. That's why. It's, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, it's a very sad film. It really is a very sad film. Mm. And it ends on a very depressing note as well, Colin. Have you seen it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. It does end very, very depressing notes. Don't you agree? Um, I'm, um, I'm trying to remember how it ends. It's been a long time. Uh, it stars a young Kerry Mulligan, uh, Kieran Knightley, and Andrew Garfield yep. in a love triangle. So three very good actors in their own rights. Um, and so they grow up together. And this this is kind of a, a, a different world. So they are destined to be organ donors. Hmm. Basically, that's a plot point. And they will die at early adulthood. So what happened was there's a love triangle and they've, they, they heard a rumor that, you know, if you can prove that you are truly in love, that you can get away from being an organ donor, mm. you know, and live a proper life. Um, and as I said that, you know, <laughs> the spoiler alert, this is a very depressing film. You can kind of imagine what kinds, kind of happens, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, so Karen Knightley's character and Andrew Garfield were together at the beginning and Carrie Mulligan was in love with Andrew Garfield. I'm not, call- I'm not speaking about their main character's names. I can't remember what they were. No further. Yeah, but halfway through, uh, Karen Knightley had to donate most of her organs and then ended up dying. Andrew Garfield and Carrie Mulligan got together and they decided to you know, search for an out of this, you know, trying to get out of it. And then they basically resigned to their fate at the end. It was quite sad. Doesn't she become a nurse or something? She becomes a nurse to uh, delay a little bit. So right. she takes care of those people who are uh, donating their organs, but eventually she'll have to do the same as well. If it, it felt like a very oddly paced film, I seem to remember, and, and it's kind of no one seemed that bothered by being a clone. It was all a bit, a bit strange. Maybe if you read the book, it makes um, it, it works better. I don't know. Mm. Uh, okay, well, I've seen uh, fifteen Kerry Mulligan films. See, I know it's a good choice, Colin. <laughs> this is such a good choice. Uh, one of them I saw in the, since our last episode, you know, because of the dedication I have to this podcast. Right. Um, so let me start. Let me do it in chronological order. Here we go. Pride and Prejudice, um, the again Kira Knightley version. Um, this is a few years before that. Uh, you know, Carrie Mulligan plays. Uh, I want to say Kitty. I think Kitty. Uh, she's one of the Bennett sisters. She doesn't have as much to do as as some of them. No, she plays the piano. She probably plays the piano and wears a bonnet. Um, <laughs> It's, I think this is a pretty solid version. It's not as good as the BBC uh, adaptation, obviously. Um, this is the Colin Firth one, right? So this is the... Um, so the BBC one is Colin Firth one, yeah. This is uh. the Matthew McFadden one. Uh. Um, yeah. Uh, my friend Andy uh, is an extra in it. So that's um, that's, my, that's his claim to fame. Your claim to fame. And my claim to fame, uh, by extension. Um, and then maintaining the uh, the Jane Austen theme, the next one I saw is in, in uh, Northanger Abbey, which is actually a TV movie on ITV. Um, now, I saw this film when it came out, I think, or suddenly, well, yeah, I think it was, and Felicity Jones was the lead. And it's the only time I've basically seen an action and said, yeah, they're going to be huge, or they're going to go on to great things. Um, Felicity Jones, I did not have a notice, um, Kerry Mulligan uh, in it, who has arguably gone on to better things. Uh, than even Felicity Jones, uh, but she plays uh, Isabella in that. It's a really good adaptation. Uh, one of my favourite Jane Austen adaptations. Uh, Northanger Abbey, well worth a look. Uh, and then, and when did you last see your father? Uh, Colin Firth and Jim Broadbent. It's, it's a decent emotional um, film about a uh, relationship 
trying to mend the relationship, I guess, between uh, Colin Firth and his dad. Uh, but then her big breakout was a film called Uneducation. It was her her previous Oscar nomination, um, and yeah, this is this this is where she sprang to the public consciousness, oh. um, alongside Rosamund Pike and others. I can't remember who's in this now, uh, which is very good and well worth a watch. Uh, where she plays a schoolgirl, um, Peter Skarsgård, I think Peter Skarsgård. Uh, now the one I saw this week or, um, or last week maybe was uh, a film called Brothers which stars uh, Tobin Maguire and Jake Gyllenhaal as brothers and Natalie Portman as uh, the wife of Tobin Maguire's character Tobin Maguire goes off Ooh. to war he's a soldier yes I've heard of this mm. I, I'd heard of it at the time and I thought oh that's cool they, they look the same these these two actors who quite often get confused with each other are playing brothers that's that's neat Uh I thought it was really good, really, really good. Uh, Natalie Portman's on top. In fact, they're all three of them on on top form. Um, and yeah, so he, Tony McGuire goes off to war and and, and gets killed. Um, and then you have um, Jake Gyllenhaal, who's kind of just come out of prison at the start of the film, and then the relationship between him and the family. And, and um, it's yeah, it's definitely worth seeking out. Weirdly, Kerry Mulligan is in two scenes, um, but the first scene is like this uh, this I think it's a birthday party or something, and you just they got all these shots of people, quite a few people in the kitchen, and then just they cut to a shot of Carrie Mulligan by herself, kind of reacting to something. And I think that that was clearly inserted later just to show that she was friends with these characters. And I think, did they recast her, or did they decide <laughs> that they need this extra shot? Or maybe she couldn't make it on that day. It just, I think, knowing who Carrie Mulligan is, and I'd actually forgotten she was in this film when the scene came up, it was just suddenly cutting to Carrie Mulligan. And like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> anyway, that's good. Uh, Wall Street 2 is not very good. She was in that. Uh, Drive. People love Drive. I didn't love Drive. Ryan Gosling plays a driver who goes around killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe just drives people to, other people to, go, to kill them. I forget. Um, she's his love interest that he tries to take away from all this and protect from all this. Um, yeah, people love this film. It's not bad, but it's kind of just guys shooting other guys a lot. Um, Isn't that the kind of films you adore, Colin? Uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I got nothing against it. It's just it felt a bit dull. It's basically like collateral. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it's very similar to collateral, I suppose, um, but just not as good. Um, it looks nice. I'll give it that. <laughs> It's very beautifully shot. Uh, Great Gatsby was a bit of a, a failure, really. It's Tony McGuire again. Leonardo DiCaprio um, plays Gatsby, uh, and Carrie Mulligan plays Daisy. I, I think it's got its moments, and it's it's nice, but it's it's, it's obviously this classic of, of American literature that has been atta- attempted a couple of times at least, uh, and never quite hits it off. And I think yeah, Baz Luhrmann uh, didn't quite do the definitive Great Gatsby uh, with this. Inside Lauren Davis. I don't remember her being in it, if I'm honest. Oh, no, of course she was. she was. She sang, she got cross with Oscar Isaac. She had a cat, maybe. Uh, it's it's Coen Brothers, it's good. Um, it's not one of my favourite Coen Brothers films, but it's it's worth checking out. Uh, Far From the Madding Crowd, she played the lead. Bathsheba Everdeen. Um, Thomas Hardy. The The book is incredibly funny, which I wasn't expecting. The film is, is, a, is very solid. She's good. Uh, it's not going to blow your mind but it's it's decent oh boy this is taking a long time Mudbound no it's not I'm enjoying myself <laughs> excellent Mudbound it got some Oscar nominations a few years ago um, took me a while to watch it uh, it is the muddiest film I've ever seen there is a lot of mud uh, my, my my reviews are getting briefer uh, Wildlife she's back with Jake Gyllenhaal um, she's his wife that kind of hates him he goes off to fight forest fires uh, it's a film that definitely should have been called Wildfire, but wasn't. Um, she is very, very good in it. He's also good. She's very subtle in that. You kind of uh, so much expression in her face. Um, like not. I mean, there are scenes where she goes kind of crazy as well, but you can see like she, she's trying to restrain uh, her emotions and, and hide them inside. And there's so much going on there. And uh, this year, a film called The Dig, which I think I talked about in uh, To See or Not To Z, maybe. Um, where they dig a big old hole in Suffolk. See, I knew this was a good choice, Colin. Like, I chose an actor, I do zero talking about <laughs> it, and you do all the talking about well, it. I think this is how it should work every single time. We're both going to be horse, aren't we? Uh, so, Zijan, of the many uh, Kerry Mulligan films you've seen, what's your favourite? Uh, to be honest, though, I quite like them both. Okay. 
No, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to a dis- I'm gonna hold you to a definitive decision, Zijan. Oh, fine. Because it's more recent, promising young woman. Because it's more recent. <laughs> what a what a solid piece of film critique. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I can remember it more. That's the thing. New like, is always really better. Very, I can't really give a very good, you know, rationale for liking Never Let Me Go because I haven't seen it for a while. So. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I really love Northanger Abbey. I might even go for even though it's a TV movie. Um, I might even go for that uh, as my favourite. Um, and to be honest, Carrie Mulligan is is not only such a she, I mean she's a phenomenal actress, she's so good, but also makes really good choices. Um, so I, I know that I've not said all these are wonderful, but to be honest, I, the only one of them that's, that's actually I think bad um, is Wall Street Two. That's why I go. That's my least favorite. But she's made a lot of interesting choices, and these are mostly very good films. Oh. Ooh, I can't wait for the next actor I choose. Um, well, here's one I'm going to choose. These um, actor factor next time: Judy Greer. Right. Um, you'll you'll recognize her. We move on to Nomadland. Mm. Uh, Zijan, set us up. What's what's going on? What is it? So Nomadland, directed by Chloe Zhao, uh, and stars Francis McDormand, uh, as mentioned earlier, as a when-dwelling working nomad who leaves her hometown after her husband dies, and the sole industry in her town closes down. That's that's basically it, really. Like, um, there's nothing much to there um and and i say that quite liberally because um so uh this film for me felt a lot more like a documentary yeah than a film film yeah. and it yeah. it helped that a lot of the people who appeared in this film were actually real life nomads who appeared as fictionalized versions of themselves yeah. so it's it's a very very grounded take you know of uh and following uh, Francis McDormand as uh, this, yeah, this this woman who just uh, started her life as a nomad. You follow her through her ups and downs, and you know you 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 understand and empathize with all the people she meets and understands where they're coming from and why they decide to choose the life that they've chosen. Um, and it's yeah, it's a very quiet film. I would say it's not it's not loud. It's not you know, action-packed or plot twists or, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a very subdued, quiet film and a subdued performance by Frances McDormand, which is quite the opposite of what she was playing in, like, Three Billboards Outside yeah. Living Misery, where she was this angry uh, woman um, uh, trying to find out who the killer of her daughter was. So, quite different. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree what you say about the, feels like a documentary, I mean, it's based on a real... Uh, well, non-fiction book, and as you say, real nomads in it, and, and a lot of it felt like it was kind of semi-improvised. I, I don't know if that's true yeah. or not, but it, it felt like it was. Um, it was like it was very hard to find pinpoint out parts which were supposed to be scripted and which were not really. Really, I felt quite obvious to me a lot of times. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. There's just some of it felt. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, I generally there are quite often scenes where I thought, oh, that wasn't scripted. Mm. I should say we we often do uh, non spoilers and then spoilers, but there isn't much to spoil. There, there are no there? spoilers in this film. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, my my so I didn't love this film, if I'm honest. Um, I, I I I'll jump to that. I, I I don't I don't think it deserved best picture. Okay. Um, I don't really think she deserved best actress. Uh, I. I'll come to let's do this separately. So, um, I think for me, the the film is beautifully shot. I, I don't really argue with Chloe Zhao winning um, best director. Best director. I think it it was it was lovely, yeah, lovely direction. Uh, it really it, was. But it seems to fail at the basics of a of a story, to me. Which day is a much more fun. Well, it's not just it's not just that there aren't it's not much of a plot, and which is you're right, it, there isn't, and that's fine. Uh, but the, the basics of like so the lead character what, what does she want what, how does she change those are kind of the first two questions i think any story has to answer and I, to me I, I don't know what she wanted i don't know how she changed i, I don't think she did change really. she knows how to fix a tire at the end of the film colin i mean you're right because that, that's it isn't it at one point she didn't have a spare tire and then later she did exactly I mean I've done that <laughs> the story of me going to my local garage is uh, 
it's going to be an Oscar winning picture. But and you said that yeah, her husband dies and she sets off in this nomad life. But we don't even see that when when we see her, she's already in the nomad life. Mm. So we don't we don't see her kind of struggling or or getting to know how it all works. Other than that one thing about the tire, she already knows who everyone is. She's already been doing this for a while. She's already in the rhythm, which I thought was an interesting choice to kind of just to to jump in part way. Uh, and yeah, but she, she's not nervous. She's not overwhelmed. She's not noticeably uh, unhappy about what she's doing. There's, there's nothing that develops I, I, other than oh. learning to take a spare time with you i can't i don't think there's any way in which the character changes throughout the course of the film Tell, uh, am i wrong no i, I don't think you're wrong uh, like i think i'm like you i don't love love this film hmm. um I, I i enjoy watching it but i enjoy watching it like i enjoy watching like a documentary kind of thing like i it it doesn't bring out when I watch this film, it doesn't bring out a lot of emotion when watching this film. No, was, no. If that makes sense, like, I don't feel joy for her or I feel sadness for her. I don't feel, you know, I just feel like I'm watching someone living life and it's like a matter-of-fact kind of thing. Yeah. And just, yeah. you know, a fly on the wall of someone, yeah, just living a normal life. I, I, can, I, can, I, I get this. That's why, that's why we call it like a documentary because it feels like it's basically trying to tell us what, nomads are yeah how they how they live their life in the u.s you know what makes them choose what you know uh, what makes them choose this kind of lifestyle and yeah yeah, it's i I, and i I would love to see a documentary this actually i think that'd be really interesting to Mm. see it and uh, to see an actual documentary rather than rather than what we got because if you're going to fictionalize it You've got to put more in. You've got to make it more interesting, haven't you? So, so we do get kind of sub sub subplots. So she, um, there's this guy called Dave who clearly likes her, and she doesn't like him so much. She's not romantically interested in him. Um, she visits him. That kind of yeah doesn't really go anywhere. She, the, the the biggest plot point I guess is when she goes to visit her sister, and her sister's husband who clearly don't like the whole nomad life and think she shouldn't be in it, mm. and she gets kind of angry with them. Um, I guess that's the, the emotional climax or the, the biggest emotional outburst she has. Yeah, but it's a subdued film. I mean, like yeah. it was, it's filmed in a way that you won't, you don't expect more from that, right? You don't. There can't be more from that because she's not the kind of person who will, <laughs> you know, burst into anger uh, with anything. She's she she just feels like she's just going through. Yeah, I don't know. It feels a little bit. I, Am I wrong in saying this? It feels a little bit like Manchester by the Sea. Although in Manchester by the Sea, you do get where he's coming from when they reveal what's going on. And KCFX performance in that was great as well. But it's yeah, the kind yeah. of tone, like it's, he, he also goes through life um, very... That, like, it, you know... I'm not sure whether I'm explaining yeah, this very, well. I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't react much, does he? He's very um, emotionally... Um, unresponsive unresponsive but you can understand where it's coming from because you get yeah. to know um, the history his history yeah. and you have the yeah. counterpoint in that film of um, mm. of his his former wife uh, who is very emotional mm. and, and I'm not I'm not saying we need to have uh, her, yeah, her emoting all over the place we don't need to have the scene where she breaks down in tears which it, and this is I'm slightly surprised she got the Oscar on the basis that the Academy tends to like those kind of things much more where it is a big um, emotional... Um, yeah, the kind of the yelling, breaking down in tears, collapsing, and which another film would do. And I, I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't do that. So I'm not I'm not necessarily asking for the kind of huge dramatics. I'm just saying I need her to do something. Yeah, I need, <laughs> I, need, I need the character to change. I need, I need her to... And, the, the close, and this actually reminded me of the film Room a bit, actually, uh, where she returns to the scene of 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 her trauma i suppose because she goes back to where she used to live and sees the old factory and and so that's where she used to live yeah but there's no real sense that that she was she scared of going there yeah she 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 was was crying when she was in the factory right i remember that was she She just tearing up yeah okay Okay. um so i mean she's solid franz mcdonald's obviously a very very talented actor and, and she's Absolutely solid. I think it's a good performance, but I think Karen Mulligan was better. 
I think um, Viola Davis was better in, in Ma Rainey. I think Anya Taylor-Joy was better in Emma, who, who got a Golden Globe nomination but didn't get an Oscar nomination. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's an odd one for me. Uh, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I really do understand where you're coming from. To, to me, like, this film is all partly about grief, isn't it? Like, how she's handling her her grief. And because there's there's a speech in the middle of the film as well, actually towards the end of the film, that, you know, people become nomads because uh, you don't really say goodbye, you'll meet them eventually. So it's her way of managing this grief that she's feeling after losing her husband and her job. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's yeah. It's it's a hard one to really elaborate on. Really, like you, I think you. I think people should watch this film. Like, I'm not going to try to say that you know it's a bad film in any mm. way. Mm. It's not. It's not a bad film. Like, I mean, as you say, like Chloe Zhao did a really good job directing this film. Where mm. like, I can imagine, like based on the book itself, that probably is quite difficult to direct a film like this. Uh, to be honest, um, yeah, I. Maybe it's one of those films that if if I'd come across it just like, oh, I'll check this out, I've, I've vaguely heard of this, as opposed to this is the best film of the year. Maybe mm. maybe I would have liked it more. I don't know. I, I do wonder if it plays into a USA um, kind of sensibilities, this this kind of whole um, wandering the frontier type thing that I don't know if that's in their culture, in their heritage more than it is uh, for me or, or, or you. But um, uh, the... the I guess it's, that's why I felt with Dances with Wolves was a very much a US film, and this was mm. l- less obviously that. But I do wonder if there's some kind of crossover. I've written something here which I think is is harsh, but um, it it, it's a, it probably probably overstates it. But um, I've said it works better as a trailer than a film. Um, all those kind of beautiful shots of uh, of US scenery and your your deserts and your your rock formations and all this. It's a wonderful trailer, though. I it's a say. wonderful trailer. Yeah. Um, but I think you get everything you get you get from the film in a three minute trailer. Mm. So. I, yeah, I won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go that far. No, fair I, okay. Yeah, I think people should just check it out. To be honest, um, like it really is a bad film. I think, and it could be your cup of tea. Um, like, I mean, it's it's not a cookie cutter kind of blockbuster film either. And if you want something different. This could be it. There you go. If you've got Disney Plus and you've been wondering what to see, um, mm. check it out on Disney Plus. Um, right, another film that won an Oscar, but this time in 1942, I think I'm right in saying. Famously beating Citizen Kane. Famously beating Citizen Kane. And uh, the Maltese Falcon. Oh. Uh, how green was my valley? Zijan, how green was the valley? <laughs> uh, as, as green as black and white TV can show me. <laughs> well, my, my TV this last ju- just this last weekend... Uh, has started make, doing really weird stuff with the picture, which is annoying because I've been out a few years. Um, so it was greener than I was anticipating in some of it because it was <laughs> doing weird stuff. I think I'm going to have to take the back off and play around with screwing stuff in anyway. Uh, do you want to set up how green was my family for us? Yeah, I'll do that. Based on the 1939 best-selling novel by Richard, I'm not pronouncing this correctly, because it's Welsh, it's two L's and two more L's. So Something it's probably like uh, Quillwin. Quellin? Yeah, something like that. Quellin. 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 We apologize. We are butchering the Welsh name as much as the actors did. Um, yes. Directed by John Ford, starring no Welsh actors. No. Um, <laughs> set in a Welsh... <laughs> yep. Set in a Welsh valleys, the South Wales valleys, actually. Uh, it's about a Welsh family, the Morgans who are living in a mining village. Um, it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, winning Best Picture, Director, Cinematography, Supporting Actor, and Set Design. Um, so yeah. we, when, when we talk about accents, Zijan, you quite often say that you're, you're not best placed to judge um, uh, certainly oh, Brit- I, different I, British I, accents. I know for a fact that they, they're not speaking even a strong way, especially in the valleys, right? The, the Welsh accent in the valleys is really, really strong. And their accents uh, were bordering from <laughs> ranges from uh, non-existent yeah. <laughs> to to uh, I think some tried valiantly, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Well, they, you can definitely tell they're putting on an accent, but what they seem to well, they've kind of certainly so there's Americans, Canadians, Irish, um, no Welsh people as you say, uh, and they've kind of got the well we know how the Welsh accent sounds, so we'll just do that whilst maintaining our our normal accent as a base. So it's kind of a Welsh lilt on an American accent. It's 
It's, it's insane. It's really weird, especially because it follows one family as well. Well, right? that's with all the different accents. Yeah. With all the different accents. Uh, it's, so, it's such a weird thing to, to witness. It really is. Um, yeah, it, it follows the, the, this family in a mining village. So you see them, um, basically, the whole family works in the mines. Um, uh, dad with five brothers. And it, it, it's told from the point of view of the younger son. Um, who um, who eventually um, became a miner as well. Yeah. Um, I was I was expecting this to kind of be a kind of a sweeping um, like family generation or, or kind of just follow him through his life kind of thing, which it isn't. It's the same act of laying the boy throughout. And it, mm. it goes through over a few years, I think, but um, they don't replace, replace him. Uh, amazingly, they recreated this Welsh Valley town in santa monica what uh, it looks so so good i think really um they deserve the oscar at least for um for set design but because it was in the middle of world war ii so they couldn't go over to wales to film it which was the original plan i think uh so yeah just it's all created as a set in california it's phenomenal very interesting um i i found this story very sad Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers alert. Um. And I don't know why I need to give a spoiler alert for this film. This, 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 this film is eighty years old. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. Well, the thing is, in this film, the the son we started off with the family all together and happy. You know, they they make decent money every every Sunday. They have every dinner. They have a roast. Um. It's very. Very British thing, you know. Mm. They sit down together, have a roast. They, um, sing, are, they sing joyish songs as they do in the Welsh families. Of course you do, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Welsh boys especially, great uh, singers. Um, probably based on this film alone. Uh, no, no, no <laughs> you're, you're, it's, there's a fine uh, fine choral tradition in Wales. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, and then eventually they start losing their jobs, uh, you know. Dying. Dying, <laughs> dying quite a bit. The miners... Uh, you know, there was a union, there was a revolt. Um, yeah, things just became really, really bad for this family in general. I, I felt very... And the young son who, for some reason, reason, he's a scholar. He went to school and you can see the disappointment in his dad's eyes when he decided to become a minor as well. Rather than going to university, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I was expecting a kind of a, a happier ending. There, there are a couple of... So the, the um, his sister... Um, goes into a loveless marriage because the local pastor um, says he's not going to have enough money to support a wife. Yep. Then there's all these kind of rumours that they are they are coupled, I guess. Um, and I was kind of anticipating a happy ending for them, but they just they just never touch those stories again. I it's think. like, well, he's hounded out of town. She's desperately sad. Cool. It's horrible. Move it's on. Horrible. <laughs> yep. It's so sad. And uh, honestly, I was thinking the whole time, this village... It's a horrible village. <laughs> it really is. The villagers are all hypocrites, well, small-minded people. They I'm really not, are. I'm not sure. The, I'm not sure that's true. So th- there are definitely hypocritical, small-minded people, and that's called out in 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 the story. By the but, pasta in the end. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of them look out for each other. And well, kind of, so really, I think so. There's, they're, they're all singing songs together. They're they're, all, yeah, just just because you sing songs doesn't they're helping, absolve you from everything. Really, they're helping women who fall through the ice. Yeah, yeah. no, they, they because she fell through the ice because they threw a stone through their their window in the first place, and then once she fell through the ice, they helped her up, uh, and then she got better. Then they, all they did was sing for her outside, and she was like, "Oh, all is forgiven you, now. You, you can, can come, come in for a meal, for a free meal." <laughs> I'm like, "What the heck? Why would you do this? They were the ones who caused you to got sick for so long. Your your son couldn't could have been lame, and couldn't have walked. It was their fault. Why are you being so this forgiving the, to them?" This it's ridiculous. This is no, the, a horrible village. The angriest I've ever heard you see. No, it really is. A podcast like, or in any aspect of life. This is amazing. They're, they're, a pre, they're a very decent family, right? That's the thing. Like They were the hardworking. Good God-fearing uh, folk. Yeah. yeah. And all, all they did was to sing to them. You know? I wish. like. <laughs> well, there you go. DJ, I feel very strongly about this. Um, now, Zizan, I'm going to wow you with some, some technical uh, technical cinematographic uh, lexicon here um, okay. I, the only the only one I know frankly uh, is split diopter uh, a split diopter is used when both the, the foreground and the background are in sharp focus so usually you get the foreground and focus or the background but you can have both yep. um, this is quite famously done in Citizen Kane uh, which as we say was, was uh, beaten to an Oscar by this one 
but was also done in this film. I was watching this, and there was some beautiful split diopter work. And I think, no, no, well, there you go. Take that, Citizen Kane. You're not the only one who can split a diopter. I yep. don't press me on what a diopter is, but they've got to split. One. <laughs> uh, fine. Um, it has it has uh, gone down in history as the film that beat Citizen Kane, but I think in, in its own right, is not a bad watch. It, it, it's not a bad film. I think this. <sighs> Like of all the Oscar-winning films, right? I I quite like the love story between the pastor and the daughter. Right. You know, I think it's pretty romantic and it makes kind of sense. You know, especially given all the films that could, that could could stem towards like harassment, yeah. like Rocky, or or, wow, okay. or, or uh, Marty that we watch. Yes. Or even the long weekend that we watched, you know, those those. Yeah, we've love... watched a lot of films where men aren't treating women great, haven't we? Um... Yeah, in this film, at least you know the pastor was treating her pretty well, to be honest. So that's a good breath of fresh air, given that it was in nineteen forty-one. Um, People knew how to treat each other in nineteen forty-one. Although, in fairness, set in set in what forty years before that, maybe. Yeah, because he's looking looking back on his childhood, isn't he? So, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so maybe even in the late nineteenth century. There you go. How green is my valley? Um, <laughs> so, we still don't know. Um, it's about the same length as Nomadland and has twenty times as much plot. Ah, <laughs> it's oh, <this> harsh, Colin. <laughs> we move on um, to our final seg- segment, which is the quiz. Uh, it's Marvel films, but it's not some other Marvel films. I can't even bother to explain that. I'm not um, really sure how we do this. Yeah, basically films like uh, Blade, um, Howard the Duck, Daredevil, Elektra, films like that that are not part of MCU, not part of Sony, not part of Fox. Basically, although some back of them, in those some days, them are Sony, but they're not part oh, of the Spider Verse. Spider so. Spider Spider Verse. Yeah. yeah, basically back in those days when there wasn't such a thing as um, you know. Uh, a cinematic universe these films were out there that's it so I am one up for the year but I've got a feeling in advance that I might not do too well today. We'll see. okay see how this goes Zijan, um hit me question one uh, what is the outer ego of Blade um, that feels like something I should know um, with yeah, or without having seen this film I know um, right it's a comic book question it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a one would say an easy question and yet I haven't got a clue Wesley Snipes the outer ego of Blade it's Wesley Snipes. That's what I'm saying. The that's same name that's as the actor who plays him. It's a huge coincidence, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's uh, Eric Brooks. Fine. Um, who directed Howard the Duck? It's a director question, Zijan, your favourite. Oh, no. Oh, I should know this. Because I... Uh, no, I don't know this. Which is annoying me. No. Nope. Gone. It's Willard Hook. Yeah, you must have a fine time coming out of questions for this, Colin. Um, I got. I only put it in basically because a lot of people think George Lucas directed it, but in fact, he only produced it. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So my question too is, how did that question? Okay. So how many actors gave physical performances as Howard the Duck, whereby all of them shared the Razzie for worst new star? I think it was six. It is correct. I did, see, I did see that Razzie, yes. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, very funny. Um, question two. Who apparently kills Electra in Daredevil? Um, that's Bullseye, right? It is Bullseye. Uh, question three. Which MCU actor portrayed Moreau in Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance? Moreau. Moreau. I can give you which films they've been in if you want some extra help. Oh, I would love some extra help. Do you? Will I? Uh, okay, I'll just give you... Um, they have appeared in all three Thor films and two Avengers films. Okay. That feels like I should be able to get it from that, and yet, and yet. I know, right? Uh, all three Thor films. Oh, oh it's um, Stan Skarsgård. Nope. Oh. It's Idris Elba. Fine. Was he in that? Okay. Heimdall. I mean, I knew it was in Thor. I didn't know it. Um, fine. Uh, who replaced Peter Fonda as Mephistopheles in Ghost Rider 2? Ooh, yeah, I definitely don't notice that. Oh. Uh, well, since you gave me a clue, so I'll give you a clue. Um, yep. He was also in Justice League. Ah, the, the, um, the Zack Snyder one, right? Is there another version? Or is... Probably not. Eh... Uh... I'm going to go with J.K. Simmons. He appeared in Justice League. Let's go with that. It's Kieran Hines. 
Uh, yeah, that, uh, who voiced Steppenwolf. Yep. And also uh, I've seen him on stage in uh, yeah. in a Bob Dylan musical, which was very good. Uh, question for which MCU actor again? <laughs> Portrait Foggy Nelson in Daredevil. Uh, that was John Favreau. That is John Favreau. I've seen uh, the Daredevil director's cut. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, question four. Who did the music for Ang Lee's Hulk? These are very tough questions, Colin. Uh, I think that's guessable. Yeah, is it guessable? I think so. It's, 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 you'll definitely have heard of him. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Uh, Danny Elfman. Oh, nice. Good one. Uh, you're one up from me. Uh, uh, question yeah. five. Who provided the motion capture for Hulk in Ang Lee's Hulk? Ooh. Ooh, was it Lou Ferrino? No. Uh, it's Ang Lee. Really? Yeah. Ah, good good work, Ang. Uh, so I'm two one up with this is a final question. Um, apart from Blade, who was mm. the only character to appear in all three Blade movies? According to Wikipedia. Um that is uh Abraham Whistler, right? It is Abraham Whistler, very good. Mm. Um two all then. It's a draw, I'll take that. Mm. I'll take that. Uh and well, next time we are quizzing, as I hinted at earlier, on uh, Sony animation. Uh, nice. There you go. Uh, what's our main topic for next time, Julian? Yeah, I suggested my brother. Uh, films about revenge. And surprisingly, there's quite a lot of them. There are. I was, a, I was looking at like, some of these up and thought, oh, I guess that is a revenge film. Although I said the first one, the first one I looked up was Hamlet. Yeah, so... Um. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Promising I will win the one we saw last time is a revenge film. As is Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> revenge in the name. <laughs> There's something to start off with. Um, we'll see you then. Bye. <laughs>